Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 10, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, there's a lot on the docket. The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart and see what jumps off the page. There's a couple of different things on the chart. There's a blue line running across the screen at 389. We'll get to that a little bit later. As we know, I'm very interested in the numbers. And what I want to show you is some activity, some price action around certain numbers today. Not only at the close, but during the trading day. What it goes to show you is that if you can identify certain numbers as being important, forget about support and resistance for a minute. First, they're important. If price is above, they're support. If price is below, they're resistance. They're important numbers. What else about important numbers? Important numbers become magnetic. The market likes to pay a visit to important numbers. Important numbers draw price in from above. They draw price in from below. Why do I mention all this? It's not anything different than I've said before, but why do I lead with this today? Because I want to show you some price action around important numbers. What else do we discuss on a regular basis? We discuss break up candle lows and break down candle highs. Okay, fair enough. Now let's put those two things together and see what we've got. So we're looking at the daily chart and we have a break down candle high. 390.07 is the actual high of that candle. Okay, fair enough. Here's a five minute chart. We're only focused on the end of the day, the last couple of candles, and you'll see what happened. Price broke below, they fought to get back above, then they closed below. That is normal garden variety market behavior if one of two things is present. Either they can't get above because the resistance is too strong for the market, the overhead resistance. Or the second thing is they're just not ready yet to bust above. What we do know is if they start closing candles above, first starting with hourly intraday candles, and then on a daily basis if they close a daily candle above, that's going to signal that they're going to another price up north. That's just the way the market works. Okay, fair enough. So they dip down below at the end of the day. What are we doing with that information? Well, that's not all I wanted to show you. What if we add back in the aftermarket activity and what you'll see is as soon as the market closed, what did they do? They rallied the market back to close above that specific spot. Now. The spider closes at 4 o'clock. That's the closing print, period, full stop. But, there's always a but, but we always have the futures market. And we've done this before, where all of a sudden, the 4.15 close on the futures market went ahead and closed above an important spot or at an important spot, a little bit different than the 4 o'clock close. So what does that mean? It doesn't really mean anything definitive. We can't take action away from that, but what we can do is take information away from that. The information is that the market is fighting that spot. If you see them opening up on Thursday morning above that spot, it's bullish and they're pushing to the next spot. What's the next spot? Well, we'll talk about the next spot when we get to inside the numbers because it was on the board. And it'll be on the board again tomorrow if they're pushing above. However, if you open down tomorrow, if you open below that price by any significant amount, 
then we would know that it did its job. It is, in fact, overhead resistance. We don't know going up there whether the market can or cannot close above. We have to watch the price action around those areas, around those spots, for clues from an intraday perspective. Remember, everything morphs from a smaller time frame to a larger time frame. We're not guessing in advance what the market's going to do when it gets to a certain spot. Sometimes we're taking a trade at a certain spot, but we know where our exit is if we're wrong. We also know what's supposed to happen at what price. 390.07 is the daily chart breakdown candle high. But that's not all we had from an intraday perspective. We'll get to that later. What else do we have on the daily chart? Well, we have today's candle, which essentially is an indecision candle. That's the meaning of what you're seeing there, which is also called a doji candle. It means price basically opened in the same vicinity from where it closed. It closed in the same vicinity from where it opened. Either way you want to look at it, it's the same price. In this case, to be exact, price closed about 11 cents below the opening print. Now, the market was still up on the day, up over $3 on the SPY, almost 1%. We're not taking anything away from the fact that it was a bullish up day. What we're saying is they're at a really critical spot. So check this out. You have a breakdown candle high. You can see what happened. They fought it. They fought it. They closed below it on the official 4 o'clock close. Okay, fair enough. What's above that or what's behind that? You have another one where the high is 391.88. That's around one of the other targets you'll see inside the numbers today. They got to a high of 391.40, not quite all the way to that breakdown candle high. However, they made an attempt. Now, since the market bottomed last week, we know another thing. The market is running out of what? It's running out of time. Time is more important than price. So what happens if they're running out of time and they can't get above an important spot that they went back to run a test of? A successful test means that they got above it, at least a successful test for the bulls. A failed test would mean they ran up to test the breakdown candle high, and then they were rejected and traded away. They haven't been rejected yet, but they're running out of time. So these are awareness things. This is how we have to read the tape. What else did the market do on the way up since it bottomed last week? What it did, and it did a good job of it, it helped a lot of traders and investors to wipe out what short-term memory they had about the market corrective move that lasted a couple of weeks. Call it between two and three weeks. Traders and investors have short-term memories on the downside. They don't want to remember the losses. They don't want to remember the down moves. Regardless of whether they were paper losses or not, it doesn't matter. As long as they snap right back, they go with, buy the dip, the Fed put is in place, party on, we're going to new highs. That's the prevailing wisdom. The prevailing wisdom is just wait until we reopen the entire economy. Everything is going to accelerate forward like a bat out of hell. We've done this one before too, but my contention was, didn't the market kind of price that in when it ran all the way up to that spot up near the highs or at the highs in February? As it was running up, wasn't it pricing in the reopening? What else was it pricing in? Speaking of stuff that doesn't make sense, we're going to take a little bit of a detour for a moment. 
I told you that when we get into these corrective phases in the market, I have no choice but to watch CNBC. They give me material. So I'm watching a little bit this morning. I had a little bit of a downtime period. And you had a couple of analysts or a commentator and an analyst, whoever it was, discussing the online media services. Disney+, Plus, Hulu, Netflix, all that stuff. The discussion went to what's the household budget for all these online services? The streaming media services. Is it $20 a month? Is it $40 a month? Whatever it is, we don't know. But what the analyst said was, we had previously priced in $20, but it appears that most households seem to be budgeting $40, and I'm paraphrasing. And then he said, that's the reason that these stocks have been accelerating because they're beating expectations. Again, I'm paraphrasing, those are my words, but it's for the most part what he said. Now, we've done this with earnings before, I've done this many times, but this is for the benefit of the new folks, and it's not an easy concept to wrap your head around, so you have to pay attention a little bit, might have to watch, or you might have to rewind the tape, might have to listen to this one more than once. So my contention is, that's not what happened. So first of all, the stocks were gonna do what they were gonna do. As far as we're concerned, that was based on the charts, and the earnings were gonna be what they were going to be. They were selling online subscriptions, the company was earning whatever they were earning, and when you have a bucket of analysts that all have a model, and the model says on average of 20 or 25 or 30 analysts, that they should be spending $20 a month or 30 or whatever the number is. I'm talking about the consumer. And it turns out to be something else and the stocks were rallying. What the analyst was doing is he was looking for an excuse why they were wrong. You never hear them say that on TV. The stock rallied or the sector rallied or whatever it is and we were wrong. They always come up with an excuse why the stock, the company, a sector, whatever, beat expectations. The expectations were wrong. How about they put that in their bong and smoke it? Let's check out inside the numbers. We'll circle back to stocks on the move in a little while. Hump day, all things considered, pretty tight range overnight. Up a little, down a little, in a chop shop formation. They're not giving any big clues for the day just yet. And that was a just yet. Let's see what the early thoughts have in mind. Numbers are pretty straightforward this morning. It's all about 387 in the early going. Yesterday, the early target was 387. They got above it during the session, but came back right to it by the closing bell. Pre-market activity today has them hanging around 387, and that was the case in the early going of the pre-market. So once again, we're comfortable with the fact that 387 was important. When you see the market attracting price there once again, then you know it's important, so you have confidence that you're right. Seems like our early pivot has been identified above, and the door opens for 389.50 and then 390.35 on a push by the bulls. Now let's put this in perspective. Again, we have a five-minute chart, but it does include the pre-market activity. That note was posted really early, long before anything happened. So what you see here is 389.50 is where the market went to, and that was resistance. Doesn't mean they get rejected. Resistance means they stop going up for a while. If they eat time off the clock and go sideways, they're building energy for what? You got it, another move higher. To where? 390.50, they spike it by a little bit, but that was in fact, again, overhead resistance. 
These numbers are put on the board at zero dark 30. If the Bulls get their heart set on another melt-up operation, what's the prize nobody would expect? 392.25, they didn't do that, but that would have been the prize. A prize isn't necessarily a target. It's just a prize that nobody would expect, and they do those kind of things in the middle of the night. They do it into the end of the day, into the close. Those are the type of things they do when they go get the prize. We had some preparedness stuff going on if they were to fall, but that's not what happened. We had a data point released at 8.30, I believe, a.m. This was this morning, and the market took off. Back to the chart. Here's your 8.35 candle. So this goes from 8.30 to 8.35. Data point released. It gives the market an excuse. It gives them, whoever them is, an excuse to goose the market. We're moving right along at 9.01. They ran the goose the market operation after whatever economic data point came out at 8.30. They do that all the time. Doesn't change the numbers. Opening above one opens the door for the next. We'll let him go for a while so we can get a handle on the storyline for the morning session. Nothing new there. We're moving right along. 9.15. The more they push in the pre-market, the more believable the prize of 3.92 and a quarter, give or take, becomes. Of course, we'll get a visit from Trick and Company to run an early shakeout operation of sorts. Just raising the awareness of what the objective is until it changes. Now, let's get a handle on this one more time. Same five-minute chart, pit session only, regular hours only. So they open the tape, 389.50 above it, so we know opening above it leads us to believe they're going to go to the next price. What did they do? They went to the next price. Then what did they do? Then they had the early morning shakeout operation. Funny how that works. It's good to know, at least have an awareness in advance of what they're likely to do. If you see them hitting a resistance area that you already knew about, they start to trade away and they start to trade lower, you have an idea of one of two things. It's either getting rejected or it's just an early shakeout operation. How do you know whether it's one or the other? Well, you have to have a number on the downside, hence 389. It's a blue line and we'll get to that in a moment. We're moving right along. Staying above 389 leaves the door open for higher stuff. Below 389, they can fall some. No change. The duck at present is 390.35. They were pushing. That's where they were going. That's where they went. Moving right along, 942, no change. 390.35 is the target while above 389. This is tour guide stuff. 946, and there you have it. 390.35 hit. Could go higher and also could react back down. Remember, the first attempt change the trade. You'll see that down here. What that means is when a market or a stock comes close and they bounce away and you were intending to take a trade at a certain level, in this case maybe it was a short trade, well when they come up short, come down and then go hit it again or make another attempt, it's not the same trade. We want the premium setup, that's why. Let's scroll up a little bit and what you can do is pause the video, take the time to read the notes. Go back to the charts to double check the work. See what we're talking about. See what you can learn here during and throughout the trading day. 9.51, nice trade on Campbell, CPB. They did the deal for the minimum required base hit. The rest is trader's choice. Moving along, 10.10, pretty good reaction off 390.90, recent high. 390.92. Why is that important? That was a pivot high. They couldn't get over at the time the pivot high rejected price a little bit. That's normal garden variety market behavior. Here's one. 10.16. For those traders holding a trailer, 
on CPB, 45.80 is important. If they can stay above, there's a lot of space in between yesterday's close and current price. Remember that one for when we go look at the chart. It's really all about 389 on candle closes. Do they run a test and stay above or give it up? This will tell the tale. Moving right along, as they're below 389, 388 goes on the table. Back above 389, 389 becomes support. Why is that? Because it's an important number. If below, it's resistance. If above, it's support. Now, if they can establish back above 389, They'll want to run a test of 390 or higher. That's at 1035. Back to the chart. Where's 1035? It's down in this neck of the woods. So if they can get back above 389, let's see what time this is right here. This is 1045, 1040, 1035. So you can see, once they were able to establish back above 389, what did they do? They ran to 390, 390, 50, and that was it. Came back to where? 389. Ran back up to 390.50, came back down to where? 389. Pretty remarkable game of ping pong in between 389 and then later 389.50 and 390.50. You have to know your numbers. We're moving along. Hopefully you get the point, and if interested, you'll pause the video. You'll read the notes. You'll double check the work back on the charts. The rest of the day is more of the same. If you're interested, go do that. We're going to then, once we finish up with the commentary, go back to Stocks on the Move, and we'll take a look at the chart of the only one that did hit its price objective today. There's the list, and you can see there were five opportunities on the board this morning, but what happens, and we know this, once they goose the market in the pre-market, it does take away a lot of the opportunities for stocks that we were looking for a destination below current price, a la support, for them to bounce, providing us at minimum of the minimum required base hit trade or more. So let's take a look at what happened with Campbell. You see there were two entries listed on the board, 45.65 and 45.17. Pretty close together, but important. How you doing? Lay out the thing. Campbell closed yesterday, 46.94. Getting a little bit of a haircut at the open, but I was able to identify a likely destination. It opened below destination number one, traded right into destination number two, ended up going right to the big fat round number of 45, a little bit below, and then what happened? And then it began to reverse, and it ripped higher all day long. Here's a 15-minute chart, a little bit more dramatic, a little bit of a different look, and you can see the high was 48.66 from a buy price, almost at the opening bell, 45 65, how you doing? You never know which ones are going to provide the rocket ride. So how do you take advantage of it? The way that I teach it all the time, which is when they give you the minimum required base hit, you take some off the table. You put money in your pocket and you see how high they can take it. Sometimes they come back and stop you out of the rest. You still put a profit in your pocket. But in order to take the ride and get what I like to call a risk-free emotionless trade, you have to have some in your pocket. This way, you're really not that you're playing with the house's money, but you have a cushion because you have some profit in your pocket. You never know which ones are going to take the ride. What's going on over in Camp IWM? They're pushing near the old highs. As you compare and contrast this chart to what we looked at with the SPY, you'll see 
Here's the same breakdown candle high, and they closed above it today. Here's the same, which is the secondary breakdown candle high, 227.59. They spiked it and closed below it. The IWM, as we know, is my second favorite market leading indicator. They're pushing on the highs. Technically speaking, on this particular chart, in this particular market, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this chart, with this market, with IWM. It's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until she throws you out on your ass. My second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine, are the folks down at the transportation department. They're pushing on the highs. Again, nothing wrong with this tape, nothing wrong with this chart. Above all the moving averages, you know the drill, move it along. The elephant in the room, by the way, is the IWM pushing up, the transports pushing up. Are the two favorite leading indicators telling us that the SPY should be pushing up again to new highs? Looking at it objectively, calling balls and strikes, we would have to say that's on the table. I said before, I didn't think the S&P 500 would make new highs. I say my work says they won't make new highs. That doesn't mean they can't. I'm giving you my work, what I believe, and my opinion. We have to be the umpire calling balls and strikes. Just looking at the chart, not taking into an account any of the other stuff, the cycles, timing, all that stuff. Just looking at the price on the chart, the position on the chart, that's what we've got. Now, we look at another chart. This is from the folks out in Silicon Valley, and we have a different story. They even failed making an attempt, not even getting to, but making an attempt to get to this breakdown candle high, 318.24. S&P 500 finishes up 23 points today on the cash index. The NASDAQ composite finishes down five points. What's up with that? Markets are still diverging. This is not the norm. This is in the 20 of the 80-20 camp. Either the Qs are gonna turn around and have another rip-roaring rally day or two, or the S&P is gonna come down and the other markets are gonna come down along with it. We have divergences. Divergences won't stay that way for very long. They will self-correct. Money is still being distributed away from the tech space, albeit maybe it's just in the big names, and it's not, I'm looking at other stuff, but money is coming out of the tech space, and in the queues today, we did have what we call, and this is a technical term, so write this one down. We had what's called a gap and crap. It's not a reversal, it's not on heavy volume, but it's still, nonetheless, a gap and crap. By the way, we're jumping around a little bit, but here's a picture of the S&P 500 or the SPY 120-minute chart. What you'll notice from the most recent pivot low down here is that this market basically went up and put in what I like to call a pseudo-doji candle on time and staying above 389, still she's okay, coming below 389 and she's going to fall. Just an awareness from my perspective. Financials, still strong. There's nothing wrong with this chart. We really just have to simply move it along. Still pushing on highs, still in an uptrend, still attracting capital into the financials. Flip side, similar story to the Qs. Here we have Smash Mouth that also had a gap in crap, finishing on the lows, not a market that looks like it was participating 
with the S&P 500 in a totally different position. Remember, not all markets top out at the same time, not all markets bottom at the same time, not all markets or all charts look the same. This is, without a shadow of a doubt, institutional distribution in the semiconductor space. Remember the other day, they closed below that tail low. That's usually a warning sign, a flare. I did the flare thing, I'm not gonna do it again. Then they had a tremendous rally, and now they're struggling. They can't even, or haven't yet, been even able to get back to the 50 period moving average. They could have done that today. Reading the tape, reading the stuff under the hood that most people don't see, don't look at, aren't aware of. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.